the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. We're eating our Wheaties today and firing in all pins to uh, mix our metaphors, but I mean it, and that's why we have one of my favorite people, David Schweikert, congressman representing uh, Arizona's Have you sixth... ever had that conversation with someone that they speak in <laughs> metaphors and they get them all screwed up? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, and you keep wanting to correct it, and yeah. then you realize, yeah. oh, this is just a shtick. <laughs> David Schweiker, oh. congressman representing yeah, representing Arizona's 6th Congressional District. How are you, sir? You know, I just got off the floor. I, I did a half an hour floor speech on that and then did a colloquy with Chip Roy. Um, you know, and Chip's one of my buddies. And you, you just, you get so frustrated because you realize, you know, is there anyone here? Is there anyone that actually cares? Um, he and I are both very concerned that the Republican activists, we get caught in the shiny object problem. Yeah. Of here's something we think we know, we chase it, chase it, chase it. And at the same time, the building, your capital is burning down. Yeah. But don't worry about it because, you know, we went and saved a potted plant. Yeah. Um, this, and this is and, something I was actually talking about yesterday, believe it or not, uh, David. It's uh, it, in. Um, C.S. Lewis talks about this in the screw tape letters. He says the fashions in thought, and this was back in the 40s, is that uh, we, 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 we argue against the vices which we are in least danger and work against the problems yeah. that are farther and farther away. It's as if we are grabbing fire extinguishers when there's a flood. Um, I'm actually quite familiar with um, some of that passage. It goes on a bit. Yeah. Um, and I, okay, I don't mean to get technical, but you have a freaky smart audience. <laughs> we're we're kind of, all our, he- this audience's heroes, like all my heroes, have always been dorks, David. Well, but there is a derivative to that, and that is, it's the stop sign theory. The stop sign in your neighborhood, because you know so much about that corner, and you know so much oh, about yeah. the traffic, and oh, yeah. so much about the street, you'll have a, um, uh, you, you'll be very thoughtful in thinking about, should you have a stop sign there? Yeah. But something on the other side of the world, an issue there, you'll have absolute opinion on it. Yeah. Because, one, you have lots of intimate knowledge, mm-hmm. and the other seems, yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it, it, I can be absolute on it because, in fact, Mary, you don't know much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my fear is Congress particularly the political class, systematically doesn't want you to understand the level of economic threat, your retirement, your children's future, your existence is by the scale of debt, mm-hmm. by the scale of spending. Mm-hmm. Some of the, you know, those sort of structural things that are going on right now because they're big numbers, they're scary. So two things happen. They, they use really big numbers. And realize most people have no idea how to calculate that many zeros right. in their head. Right. Or we just don't tell you at all. Or we never see it on the news. Um, we get some lip service. But we'll spend hours and hours 
mocking someone who said you should wear three masks. Mm-hmm. Now they deserve mocking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. That's exactly there is a there is a time uh, a time for everything, and there is a time for mocking. Yes, you're absolutely right about that. Let me let me ask you this: as we're talking about issues like debt and the debt ceiling uh, uh, limit uh, debate all over again, what should we be thinking about this, David? Um, there is hope. Okay, but it requires a radically different way of thinking. Um, for for decades and decades, um, the political class lied to you. You know, Republicans, I hate to say, you know, oh, it's waste and fraud, it's foreign aid. They lied. Those are seconds of a day's spending. The left, oh, rich people need to pay more taxes. You can take, I just showed on the floor, you can take every dime of rich people, take every dime they have, you know, and you can take um, every dime of small business, and you can't get close to even paying the debt and borrowing costs that are coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are solutions. So what's the driver of the spend? And I'll give you the simple one, and I know people may be getting tired of this, but it's such a big deal. What's the primary driver of U.S. sovereign debt? Healthcare costs. It's Medicare. So what happens if um, over the next decade we fixated on curing diseases that drive? So diabetes is about one-third of U.S. healthcare spending. Do like President Trump did, do an Operation Warp Speed, go cure diabetes. And you know, two weeks ago, we had the miracle, we now know how to cure type 1 diabetes. Uh Go put your... We kind of have a few ideas about the other kind, too, don't we? Oh, yeah. No, actually, we're much closer, but I try not to talk about it because it becomes complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A little more complex. But yes, we are heading there. But there's lots of other things. Um, the the miracle of messenger RNA, and I know some people who are very upset over vaccines, um, but the fact of the matter is the messenger RNA technology has turned many diseases and cancers into a software problem mm. where we now know how to cure many, many, many types of cancers by taking your DNA, the cancer's DNA, and no, teaching your body how to how to kill it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and we should be elated. Now, how do we push policymakers to say, why don't you crush the spending and the debt by ending people's misery by fixating on curing their misery? But, David, I think it's worse than that. I did it to you. There we go. I got one in. Yeah, you beat me to <laughs> I it. I beat you to it. David, I think, I think it's worse than that. Well, it's a question. I, I was being funny, but it's a question to you. Isn't there at some level an interest in not going that direction? Because oh, God, the, yeah. Okay, because there's an interest oh. in the bloat, isn't there? Well, Mandatory uh, spending is mandatory for a reason. Or no. You gave a speech yeah. on the floor the other day on this. Oh, yeah. And just, I just finished a half an hour. If you get bored, go to C-SPAND. Um, I think uh, a sentence a that number. has never been uttered in the English language before. Yeah, but some, if you get but bored, some, go to C-SPAN. Yeah, but look, <laughs> something's going on in our society, yeah. uh, and I'll answer your question. Yeah. Um, my last three speeches, I think I'm up to three million views. Okay. Um, something's going on where people, the Americans are, for some reason, getting interested. Um, I, but you and I talked years ago about my fixation on telehealth. Yeah. We can make yeah. people yeah. independent yeah. using technology. You get the encryption right. You get the security right. You know, I have a lot I, – I have very high blood pressure. I wear something on my wrist that helps me manage it. Oh, okay. Um, 
you know, you, the things, you know, the thing you can blow into now that tells you if you have a virus. Right. Except the problem with it is it could instantly bang off your medical records and order your antiviral pills that are appropriate for the virus you have, except the technology is illegal. Uh-huh. Because a doctor's not writing the script a technology uh-huh. is. Uh-huh. Um, if Blockbuster Video had hired enough lobbyists, right. we would still be renting little silver discs down yep. at the corner store. Yep. And that's, so that's your point, is there's such stunning amounts of money. There's an army of lobbyists here that did everything they could for years to stop the expansion of telemedicine, telehealth. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. only the pandemic, oddly enough, and the Trump administration reaching out and saying, okay, let's grab Schweikert's um, telehealth bill, mm-hmm. and we'll use that language, and, but we'll only do it during the time of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So when the pandemic's over, all this new access you have to using FaceTime with your doctor and getting everyone getting reimbursed for the telehealth, you know that all goes away. Right, 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 and okay. Now, now, see, now people are beginning to get the picture here um, that there is a vested interest in the bloat. There is a vested interest in the blob. There is a vested interest in the deep state. It's, and, 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 and look, I, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with the term deep state. I don't think they're that deep. They're right in front <laughs> they're of right you. They're right in front of you. Yeah, they're you see it every day. Yeah, around right. here. Fair enough. When you have people who are more interested in surviving in their job to getting to their pension. And Republicans come in and say, let's find a dramatically better way to do this. Um, you know, Republicans become a threat to them getting their pension. Of course they're going to knife us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. David, your speeches on mandatory spending and the, um, and the placards you hold up, is that what you call them? What, what do you the poster boards? Yeah, boards. Boards, poster Blind. boards, the easel boards that you hold up with the pie charts. They're tremendously helpful. Uh, do you have a couple minutes to explain to the audience the issue of mandatory spending and discretionary? Okay, think, if you don't, we can do it next week. No, it's no, up no, to let's you. Let's do it. Okay. This year, 10% of our spending will be defense. Okay. This year, 15% will be all the rest of government, the Park Service, the FBI, foreign aid, this and that. All the rest of the spending is mandatory. Mm-hmm. It is a formula, mm-hmm. meaning you get elected to Congress – you march on to the floor of the House, and you're going to save the world, and then you go, well, okay, so the defense budget is sort of what it is. Mm-hmm. I only get to vote on 15%, mm-hmm. and everything else is a formula. I, we don't even vote on it mm-hmm. because you get your Social Security check because you had your 30, what is it, 30 quarters, and you hit a certain age. You mm-hmm. get Medicare because you hit a certain age. You get a Medicaid or Medicare Medicaid because you're – um, in poverty. You get this because you served in the military. You get this. But those things are on formulas. You don't vote on them. And they're driven by our demographics. Today, about 17% of the society is over 65. In just like 8, 9, 10 years, we're heading towards close to 22%. Mm-hmm. So the curve is incredibly steep. And then you know, you're going to be 65, you're going to be healthy for a decade, maybe even longer. But then all of a sudden, there's this explosion of our baby boomers who are going to be using tremendous amounts of medical services, and there's no money in any account for it. Medicare, when you pay your FICA tax, only the sliver of that goes to the hospital portion. Right. The drugs, the doctors, the transportation, everything else. 
That's general fund. Outside of the welfare reform we once talked about way back when in 1996, has there been in recent memory, David, uh, a successful effort to change the formulas on mandatory spending to make it less mandatory? Um, I don't think so. Has Reagan, there? Tip O'Neill get credit for Social Security? Um, Eighty yeah. was that? Eighty-two, eighty-four. Like, yeah, saving them. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, but that was because um, oddly enough, people don't remember Social Security was about to collapse. Yep. Um. I don't think so. The answer is I, 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 I can't answer, think of it. The answer is no. Yeah, okay, um, okay. And look, I get television ads run against me because I actually use the word Medicare on the floor of the House. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm blessed. I represent, a, I think, a part of the country, you know, the North Phoenix, Scottsdale, Fountain Hills, Paradise Valley sort of area. I, I think my voters are freaky smart. Mm-hmm. They, they're smart enough to understand, tell the truth about the math, and, and, and find a path, and there is a path um, that we can all have a secure retirement, and my six-year-old daughter has an economic future. But it can't be the dumbass stuff we keep talking about. And, and it requires reading and thinking and doing tough things. And it's not slashing. You're not going to slash your way there. You're going to disrupt through technology through 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 so, curing diseases innovate innovate innovation, innovation ingenuity is, and entrepreneurship imagine that yeah but, yeah. but it's it is the only path i've been able to come up now you got to do everything else too yeah you got to do policies that grow the economy you got to get immigration where you're not importing poverty but you maximize economic growth you regulation starts using technology and crowdsourcing and not a rooms full of bureaucrats putting paper in files you do it top to bottom, and maximize economic growth. And what the Democrats have offered this year will, everything, will functionally make this country poorer by the end of the decade. And the working poor, actually the ones who are getting their heads kicked in by Democrat policies today. David Schweikert, uh, thank you. When you come back, uh, you want to come in for an hour one of these days? I'd love Let's to have you. Let's do it. Yeah. Maybe we can find a moment before um, you know our uh, Christmas celebration. Yeah, our annual. Yeah, I, I would love to. So have your people call my people and we'll set it up. Uh, I like it. Bless you, David Schweikert. Go get them. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Well, that 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 this song presents a humdinger, um, doesn't it, uh, Suleiman? If you don't understand the lyrics, you you can't know, right? Um, but I do think ultimately, well, I don't know. There's some something about dancing with me. I think it is a love song, but we'll we'll sum this all up at the end of the show. After all, our bumper music. I shouldn't be doing this piecemeal. It's a good word. I haven't used that word in forever. Piecemeal. One one at a time. We're not one at a timing here. Uh, here's something I needed to share with you. We ain't we, one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. There you go. What's my What's my guy's name? Charles Durning. Hell of a story behind Charles Durning. You know, some of those actors, amazing. POW as well. Uh, I think one of the more decorated World War II vets before he died. Uh, when I say one of the more, one of the more more well-decorated living vets up until his death. Um... Do you remember our conversation yesterday about I was I I I was talking about the head of the LA Teachers Union um saying that the kids didn't lose anything 
when the schools were closed down. She said it's okay. Our babies may not have learned all their times tables. They learned resilience. They learned survival. They learned critical thinking skills. They know the difference between a riot and a protest. They know the words insurrection and coup. I disagree with everything she says there, by the way. Um, but that that is a talking point, that the kids are resilient. Kids are resilient. Uh, Bethany Mandel writes that that's what we keep being told. That's what adults who have no qualms about destroying the childhood of millions of American kids tell themselves and us so that they can sleep at night. Oh, kids are resilient. Parents around the country knew that the kids weren't all right and they're not going to be all right. And now the data rolling in close to two years into this pandemic reflects that reality. <clears throat> Pause to point out this didn't have to be the case. The numbers we're seeing we didn't need to see. We warned about this. A lot of no, not a lot, but a few with enough voices warned about this. Heather McDonald warned about it. Dennis Prager warned about it. I warned about it. William Bennett warned about it. The doctors at Stanford warned about it. Um, and Eleanor McCants Katz warned about it when she was the deputy secretary of health and human services. Ph.D. in epidemiology, M.D. in psychiatry, and she warned about it in April, and she was censored, and I was censored for quoting her on YouTube about the mental health downwash that problems we would be seeing as a result of what we were doing to the kids during COVID. And now, as they say, the receipts are coming in. The Surgeon General now, Vivek Murthy, he's being taken seriously when he's when he's talking about it. Why? Why should we listen to him when we weren't listening to the others, when we weren't listening to the Eleanor McCants Katzes, who is doubly cred credentialed and certified? Why? Why aren't we listening? Why weren't we listening to her? Why are we listening to Vivek Murthy now? Well, they're both saying the same thing. One before, now one after. There's an answer. There is an answer. What's the answer? One has a D behind their name and one has an R behind their name. That's the only answer. And because the R was censored, we now have to listen to the D telling us the terrible results. That's a society in collapse because it politicized our children. Shame on them. So this song is an outlier. We've been using our bumper music today, which is randomly selected. Uh, randomly played. We've been using it as a uh, as a test, test as the testing ground for our for our question as to whether there are more breakup songs or more uh, falling in love songs. And we haven't done the math yet because it was my understanding uh, there would be no math in the studio when I came in. But we'll do it in the in the penultimate break. It was my understanding that there would be no math. Should we do it in the anti penultimate break? That would be the next break, I think. If I'm not mistaken. But we do have a good list of uh, from our bumper I've been writing down, starting with Dance the Night Away, Dream Lover, uh, Daytime Friends, all kinds of things. Uh, Rainbow Stones, Me and My Shadow, one for, the, one for My Baby, One for the Road. I don't know what to do with Pleasant Valley Sunday. Some songs just aren't about love. Some just aren't. Pleasant Valley Sunday, Me and My Shadow, probably not. All right. If I can go back to what I was talking about with the kids and resiliency and um, – and Bethany Mandel's uh, op uh, essay on this, it's, um, it's important to contrast that with what the teacher, the head of the teachers union in Los Angeles is saying about learning loss and, and that the children and the kids are resilient. 
Hillary Clinton's giving a class on resilience too. By the way, we've been the, the word resilient and resilience has those words have never been more used on this show than they have been today. But parents around the country know that the kids weren't all right and they're not going to be all right. And the data is rolling in. The Surgeon General just released a rare public advisory about an emerging youth mental crisis. It's fifty-three pages. Again, all avoidable. Every single page of this would not have had to have been written if we listened to the experts who were talking about this a year and a half ago when they were being banned for talking about this because the only response to COVID was a one-way street of shutdown, lockdown, close down, roll up. Someone should write a song with those lyrics. In that 53-page report, we learned that the symptoms of depression and anxiety have doubled during the pandemic with 25% of youth experiencing depressive symptoms and 20% experiencing anxiety substance use through the roof as well think about how the average american child has lived over the course of the pandemic socialization was halted for a year and has only continued and was has only continued behind plexiglass masks and distance and now shots in the arm remember the excitement of snow days gone Maybe in Arizona that doesn't mean much, but in a lot of the country it does. Now when a day of school is canceled, kids are left to wonder and worry if and when they'll go back. Will it be in a day's time or several months? The Surgeon General also warned that conditions like ADHD are on the rise. After kids have been cooped up inside doing distance learning, of course they can't sit still when they've finally been allowed back into a classroom. Among teenage girls, suicide attempts are up 51%. We know the effects of social media and the Internet on the mental health health of developing girls, and then we force them to keep all of their socializing online for over a year. You got it? There's a problem with socialization, children, mental health, and screen time, so we decided give them more screen time. There's a flood? Run for the fire hoses. Jay Smith, the father of Spencer Smith, a teenage boy who died earlier this month tragically of suicide, explained his son's splight as reported by NBC News. He said Spencer had spent all summer working out and getting in shape so he could play on his school's football team as a lineman. When the sport was changed to flag football because of the pandemic, Spencer gave up on it. His father said it wasn't the same type of practice because they had to social distance. Didn't like that part of it, Smith explained. Spencer eventually stopped working out. His grades began to suffer. He grappled with remote learning. At one point, the teenager was attending in-person school one day a week, but asked his parents if he could stay home because he found it too difficult not being able to interact with his peers. Smith said his son left a note behind detailing his struggles with the isolation, writing that he felt like he was locked in the house. When you were a kid, what do you remember about school lunches? I remember wishing for the mythical food fight. I remember talking with friends, trading cups for cookies, trading pudding cups for cookies, whispering to friends, asking if I could copy their homework before our afternoon class. What does it look like now? They're in school, but they're eating outside, sitting on buckets in the grounds across the country. If they're allowed inside, they're instructed to eat socially distanced and in silence, sometimes with dividers separating them, sometimes instructed 
face the wall. No part of the 2019 childhood or before has remained intact. No part. Stop torturing the children and stop ignoring those that know what they're talking about a year and a half before the bad receipts come in. I'm thinking that's a love song. I think that's a love song. Uh, she don't know she's beautiful. By the way, there were some songs that are just confounding because they involve, you know, more than one and that sort of thing. Uh, the rule that was set down by a listener who is very well known and educated and able in the law. He'll tell me if if I can break his anonymity. But he said if 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 if, if it's based on if the love is the new love is based on infidelity. It's a breakup song, by definition. That's his. That's his thesis. Um, and the conundrum of something like "Knock Three Times" by uh, by uh, Tony Orlando is, um, he said, really not categorized either way. It's based on a miscommunication. <laughs> so, oh, uh, we have our experts. Doug is in Maricopa. Hello, Doug. How the heck are you, Seth? I uh, I'm having so much fun. I'm I'm doing great. Thank you. Sir. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. I'd like to say first of all, excellent show. Thank you. And uh, you always make the extraordinary, you know, uh, as part of your show. And I want to thank you for that. Makes it, you know that's why this is a regular part of my day, no matter what I'm doing in terms of my business. So, um, thank you for that. By the way. That, by the way, sounded good, but you faded out, brother. Did you hit the mute thing by accident? There we go. No, no, not not on purpose. Hold on here. No, you're good. I've never heard you clearer. Don't change a thing. You're perfect. Okay, good. Yeah, perfect. Um, I I wanted to say that I had the privilege of talking to a friend of yours, uh, uh, Steve. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm glad you two got together. He's an angel, isn't he? Yes. I was going to say that oftentimes it can be said that uh, who has um, let's let's put it this way: it, your friends can reflect on you, and oh. I I would say that he's nothing but a fantastic stellar. You've given me chills. Character. Let me tell you why. Let me tell the audience yeah. what happened. May yeah. I? Uh, I won't get into into graphic yeah, detail. Go, go, go yeah, ahead. we were doing yeah. a topic, mm-hmm. Doug. Uh, you called in to give a personal story about it that was so unbelievably moving. My friend Steve, who's been cited a ton today on the show, and thankfully and and, and well deserved, um, heard it, heard you, and he said, "Can you? I have an organization. Yeah. I need Doug. Uh, introduce me to Doug. Yeah. Whoever Doug is, see if he'll take my call. I put you two together. Great. This this is exactly everything I dreamed would happen. A community coming together like yeah. that. This is beautiful for a good cause. Yeah. I'm glad that worked out. Doug. Well, well, it, it is it is a beautiful thing, and." He is, I told him, first of all, he's a stellar man, a kind man, uh, very knowledgeable. And he's also has the heart of a lion, but the demeanor of a gentleman, you know, and that's a pretty rare combination. I tend to fall when I get riled. I tend to sound like a lion when I, you know, but he (laughs) still, he still retains the gentleman side of it. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. He's who I call like when I need to lower my blood pressure. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. 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 He or, yeah. He, well, listen, he or my doctor. Yeah. What's that? He or I'll yeah. call him or I'll call my doctor. Yeah. 
<laughs> Whoever answers first. Yeah, and, well, really, you, you you have a very good friend there. Yeah, I do. Thanks. Um, but I also wanted to call it, and I was joking that, uh, you know, with with the uh, before I got on that, I was going to disagree with you, but I don't think we're really in disagreement. I would say that everything you said about the, the left is true, but I have to, I, I keep pointing this out that we have to, on our side, say, why wouldn't they? You know, they can do anything on the left, and then when things go very badly, step in and claim they fixed it. And the only way they can do that is if there is nobody in the echo chamber hollering back. Mm -hmm. And I would say that's our political um, leaders. Even our conservative uh, fighters that I I adore, that has to be, before you even get into politics, you have to have a refrain – that makes them look ridiculous. And I mean, we need to begin to embarrass them. Are you dumb enough to be this liberal? Are you going to then, this was your policy, and now you're claiming our policy. But if there is no price to pay, why would they not do this? It's genius. We can do whatever we want to advance it. We can turn on a dime because everybody's going to be sweetsy. We're not going to fight back. But I think we need to be able to make them embarrassed. People need to be embarrassed to be a liberal, to be a socialist. Where's the embarrassment on our side? Yeah, and it's on the other foot. The best line on that in a debate I ever saw was, uh, surprise, surprise, William Buckley. And um, he said, I forget who it was. It might have been... Who was who was the New York Times? Was it Neil Sheehan? Was he the New York Times reporter who wrote the Pentagon Papers? Maybe is that was it Neil oh, Sheehan? I, I, I think so. Don't know. I think it was no. him. Yeah. And okay. he said, "I won't insult your intelligence by suggesting that you really believe what you just said." Yeah, isn't that yeah. a great put down? I won't insult your intelligence yeah. Yeah. by suggesting that you really believe what you just said. I think that's. that's by the way, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I think I think you you you. It was wonderfully said. If everybody thinks that, oh, uh, Ronald Reagan was too much of a gentleman, we got to go back to this uh, stellar thing. I think some stern talk. You ever notice that we, you know, the, the, the socialists, the dictators, they can talk sternly and then we, and they, they literally look down on us when we're, we give them leeway and a pass they don't deserve. Let's take a look at Ronald Reagan. Actually, listen to some speeches. Oh my God, does he rip them a new? You bet one. he does. You, you bet know? he does. Look yeah. what he did with the, fu- the air traffic controllers. And... Look what he did in the yeah. New Hampshire debate. I paid for this microphone, Mister Green. Yeah, you bet. He knew how to have a. He knew yeah. how to throw a punch. Right. And so, if everybody wants to be the same, tear down this wall. Uh, I mean, people went nuts. Evil Empire people went nuts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Let him to be as tough. He he makes jokes about the farmer who's standing on manure and Mm -hmm. saying it's a democratic Mm -hmm. platform, Mm -hmm. horse manure. Yep. That's right. Ridicule him, make fun of him. You can do it in a classy way, but for God's sake, you know. Yeah, but for God's sake, start doing it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like the cut of your jib, Doug. Always have. You really made me so happy on that connection with Steve. That's 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 this oh. radio host's greatest dream that two people who don't know each other got together over a good cause to help forward promulgate and promote that good cause. Not nothing makes me happier than that. Thank you for 
saying uh, yes to that request. You bet. You bet. You bet. All yeah. right, we have some toweling to do. Let's get this last song. Well, we have one more song, actually. All right, we'll give you the results when we come back. We'll be right back. Boy, this one is a, this is a humdinger. Queen of Hearts by Juice Newton. Is it a breakup song or is it a love song or getting to love song? Um, it's, I'm, I'm going to call it a love song because she's begging, if, I'm, if I understand the song right, she's begging someone to, to, to stay and one hopes for a good outcome. Uh, but, you know, if we don't, guess what I found? I did the math during that break. Are there more love songs or more breakup songs? For those that weren't following, we use today's bumper music as as our as our testing ground. And um, any song we just wrote it down. We, is this about a breakup? Is it about falling in love? There are a few songs that just aren't about love. So we so we didn't categorize those. Like me and my shadow. Not not really. It's a different it's a different kind of thing. So so we would cancel those out. But when we look at everything from The Lights Went Out in Georgia, Mrs. Robinson, uh, One for My Baby, One for the Road, Dance the Night Away, Dream Lover, Take It Away, uh, Rainbow, by the st- She's a Rainbow, um, Timber, Whiskey, She Don't Know She's Beautiful, Suleiman. Guess what? Guess what? Exactly even on today's show. Should we do it again tomorrow? Or we take up too much time with it. How many days do you need for a, 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 a sample size? How many days? There's something interesting about that. If I'm right, my thesis was that there are more breakup songs than falling in love songs. That was my thesis. That's not a healthy thing in our culture, that we're singing more about breakups than falling in love. I wonder if it is evenly split. There doesn't seem to be a good way to tell. I've researched this to within an inch of its life. <laughs> the Internet's going to shut down over the way I've had people looking into this stuff. But um, we have a little fun here. But there is an interesting cultural aspect to it, isn't it? A culture that's more fascinated by breakups than falling in love. Or is it more fascinated by falling in love than breakups? What is the true love? Maybe we should talk about love and the different kinds by C.S. Lewis tomorrow. We have a lot to do tomorrow. Folks, thanks for staying with us. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. Class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.